Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long, you know, we are caring for our communities and having some great reminders how all of us can give back and be a part of our community, whether it's our local one, our national one, or a global community. And my guest today actually came from the the organization that he works with and represents, uh, came to me from one of our other guests this month. And I'm so excited because Uh, The core of this organization has something near and dear to my heart in it, and that is shoes. So guess what? We're going to have some fun. So my guest is Brad Jackson, and he was born in Ohio, grew up in Muncie, Indiana, where there might be a song about that. And uh, he he received a teaching degree from Ball State University. Now, that's a big uh, uh, university for teachers, let me tell you. And he and his wife, Naomi, are residents of Fishers, Indiana. Now, from his schooling, he taught junior high biology, which means that uh, he probably lost his mind many times from junior high school kids, and U.S. history for 43 years. He retired. Now, when people retire, they usually think, hey, I'm going to relax. I'm going to kick back. But nope, he decided to start looking for volunteer opportunities and found not only one, but several. Now, uh, one that we want to talk about primarily today, although I think we may talk about a few of his organizations, But the one I really wanted to talk about is called Changing Footprints. And this is on a mission to put shoes on the feet of those who need him, need them. Now, also, just so you know, he's got, he, he doesn't have a lot of free time in his retirement because in his spare time, he also leads nature walks, especially for special needs students. And he helps rehabilitate old cemeteries, raise funds for camp, uh, something that I cannot pronounce. So I'm not even going to try it. I'll ask him. And a, an organization called Right Sharing of World Resources, uh, which helps women in Sierra Leone, Kenya, and India establish small businesses. He's also a guest speaker in Spanish classes about his trips to Guatemala, and uh, he might also uh, know how to tinkle the ivories as a pianist. So he's got a few things going, which I think means he didn't really retire. He just found a whole lot more jobs to do. So Brad, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank, Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to talk about changing footprints. Oh, I'm so excited to learn that. But before I have to ask you, you know, did you think you were going to be this busy in your retirement? No, except that a couple of years before I retired, I saw it coming and I did talk to a person at church who, who worked for Changing Footprints. There's a volunteer. Everybody's a volunteer in that organization. Yeah. And she told me about it. And I said, well, I shouldn't do it while I'm teaching. But when I'm done, I will come and look you up. And I'm sure she thought, oh, yeah, sure, a few years away. But I did. A month after I retired, I said, okay, I'm here. Let's see what the shoe thing is all about. Oh, uh, very exciting. I thought you were going to tell me. And the moment I retired, she was like there at the party going, have your cake. And we got you started tomorrow. No, it was me. (laughs) 
Well, so tell us a little bit more about the organization. I mean, I love I love the whole story behind it. Going through your website, it really paints an incredible picture of why your friend started this organization and what Carol's objectives were with it. But tell us a little bit more about it and what, you know, a little bit behind it, but what this mission is all about. Our, our statement that we use is that we are changing the world two feet at a time. Yeah. And our logo is a barefoot with a shoe print on top, a barefoot, oh. barefoot print with a shoe print on top. And so that's the idea. Um, and the, the, the theme that we use in, in how we're using shoes is that it doesn't matter why somebody doesn't have shoes. Mm -hmm. The idea is they need them to carry right. on life functions. And so um, we are there with the shoes. We do not sell them to them. We give them uh, all mm -hmm. the ones that we do. Um, it started in 2005. There was, uh, there's a reporter named Paula Zahn. I was always a mm -hmm. fan of Paula Zahn. Yes, and love she, Paula did, Zahn. she did a story. Oh my, well, I hope she, I, I hope sometime she finds out all this happened because of her show. I'm going to tag her in this. You never know. <laughs> about children in Afghanistan escaping the war by going up in the hills. Many of them did not have shoes, did not have the proper shoes and their feet got cut, uh, injured. There were amputations. It was a difficult situation. And a couple of people that worked at Emerson uh, Industries in Indianapolis, um, well, Maureen Leisure saw the show and, and talked to Bob Broughton about it. They worked together and they said, you know, we ought to be able to collect some shoes that we could send there. And they did. They collected a few hundred shoes and sent them to Afghanistan and then realized, well, there's people here who need them too in the Indianapolis area. And so they kept on collecting. And that's one thing about collecting shoes. Part of my job is going around collecting. You're never quite done. The minute you say, okay, we're done with that drive. Somebody says, are you still collecting shoes? And we hate to turn anybody down. So um, that's, that's kind of what happened. The next year, it was more shoes, uh, a thousand pair. They were in their living room, their garage. And eventually they needed a location and they got a location and the shoe numbers built then from one year to the next. And it's always been an upturn until COVID. Um, in, I was just looking at some of the figures in 2016, um, they distributed, they collected and distributed 30,000 pair in that, in that particular year. In 2019, it was 74,000 uh, pair. And then because of COVID, then 2020, it was 50, 55,000. And wow. that's kind of amazing in that we had no groups coming in to sort. We had no groups like big schools collecting for us because they right. weren't in the building. So we were really having to scramble to fill the needs. But, you know, when COVID happens, people still need shoes. Right. And e even more, maybe because of financial situations. So 55,000 last year. And at this point for 2021, we are at 38,000. Um, and we are almost up with where we were in 2019. So we're feeling pretty good about the numbers. And it's not, it's not a contest about numbers, but those right. numbers indicate how we're doing and how we're growing. Um, we just passed the 400,000 pair mark from when they started wow. in 2005. And the goal is by the end of 2022 to do half a million, 500,000 pair. Um, we have five 
locations. Um, Indy North is where I am based, and that's in the south part of Carmel, which is a suburb of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. We have also another location on the south side of Indianapolis. We have one in Greenfield, which is about 20 minutes east of Indianapolis. Rushville was one of our original locations, and it still is going really well. It's about an hour southeast of Indianapolis. And then our newest location is up in Fort Wayne, about an hour and a half north of us. And these areas serve their local areas, but we've also divided up. We have some boundaries so that we kind of know who's doing what. And, mm -hmm. um, and each one runs separately, but we all share philosophies and share uh, our board of directors and um, policies and that sort of thing. Some of ours, um, the South Indy and Greenfield and Rushville, and to some extent Indianapolis, maybe, I mean, uh, Fort Wayne, do um, public, the public comes in to get the shoes or they'll mm -hmm. take the shoes out into the community and have giveaway days. On the north side of Indy, we are in the basement of a medical office building, and it's not really the kind of place the public can come in. So what we concentrate on are agencies coming to us to request oh. shoes for their clients. We have yep. about 90 different agencies. That's nine zero different agencies that come and say, we need 100 pair of work boots, men's work boots, or we need 500 pair of women's tennis shoes, or right. we have a, um, um, a mother, uh, um, teenage mother child uh, agency where they come to live and we need shoes for young young women and toddlers um, right and then the other thing that happens is that um, after well I guess I should back up we get shoes through shoe drives so part of my job is to go out to the schools in my county we're suburban north Indianapolis to go out into the schools in my area and say let's have a shoe drive principals mm -hmm. love us because there's oh, yeah. no money involved. You, right. We're not raising money. We're not selling <laughs> items door to door. We're saying, bring us shoes. And if yeah. you don't have any shoes, maybe your neighbor does or grandma does or somebody else does. Um, so schools where they have uh, community service requirements for their students, then that's a great way for them to fulfill some of those. Absolutely. And that's one thing that happened. I was in charge of that kind of a group in our junior high before I got involved. So that's one thing I brought. And um, I don't think it was uh, a big deal before I came as far as getting involved with the schools. And now we're in many, many, so we have 21 schools in my school district and, um, and 3,500 in each of two high schools. And Thanks. so when you get those kind of people involved, the numbers are incredible. And in fact, one of our two high schools decided to have a contest with their athletic conference so this is seven oh. different high schools. And they said, let's see if each school can bring 10,000 pair during, the, oh. during this coming school year. And three of them did. And the others did all right. They did, they did well. We appreciate that. <laughs> but there were three schools that brought in more than 10,000 pair each. And so that, that was half the shoes that we used during that school year time. Um, and so I have an elementary I just talked to yesterday. They want to come bring their fourth graders on four different days. And I go first and I talk to them uh, and I make a, a cardboard a shoe where they can drop off the shoes. Uh, it's mm -hmm. five feet long and three feet high. And, um, and it's in their school colors. And, and uh, it, it's a shoe. It's an athletic shoe. It's got the stripes on it. Um, and, and so we're making arrangements right now for that. And I don't know when that'll be October, maybe early November. Um, 
but that's just one of the groups. Um, we may have three groups a week that come to sort. My favorite group is Butler University Sororities because oh. they know every shoe that exists and they can uh. tell the difference between a women's dress shoe, a women's professional shoe, a mm. woman's casual shoe, um, sandals and shoes, you know, they know all that stuff. And, and they laugh about the shoes that they see that they wore when they were young. Oh, yeah. we had these when I was in second grade, you know, pretty, pretty princess <laughs> or pretty pony. I knew nothing about this, about shoes when I started four years ago. Nothing. Now, you know, way more than you want to. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I find myself when I'm on an elevator with other people looking at their shoes and that's yeah, safe. Shoes. But yeah. it's really funny. Yeah, I notice I say, oh, I have found a pair of those yesterday. Okay. <laughs> or I go through Walmart. Oh, I'm go maybe I shouldn't say businesses, but I go through businesses and I see <laughs> shoes they have for sale. Um, yeah. And I think, oh yeah, I see those. Okay. That's so it's that's such a it's such a um, compelling mission and such a compelling story because you're right. And I love how you started out with the fact that it doesn't matter why they don't have shoes. If somebody needs shoes, they need shoes. There's no reason to ask why or why not. It's when, just so vital. When I go to speak in an elementary school, I, I do a program when they start their shoe drive. Sometimes if, if I'm invited to do that. And the first thing I ask elementary and junior high students is, I want you to close your eyes and think somebody doesn't have shoes, not you, but somebody doesn't have shoes. Mm -hmm. Why? Think of all the reasons. Why. Don't, don't say anything. Just think. And we think for a while. And then I start giving some reasons why they might not have shoes. And yeah. until then, kids don't think much about it. Um, yeah. The really cool thing about kids coming to our facility to sort shoes is that they get to see the second step in the process. They're used yes. to donating jeans or donating books or donating shoes, but they don't right. see what happens after they're collected. Here, they get to see them. Um, yeah. And the process is, if this is a good time for me to just mention the process. Yes, absolutely. Um, people come in and we have in our, in our uh, basement room, four big bins, four big areas, that like an old coal chute or like half a house basement. Um, <laughs> and what happens is bags of shoes go in that area. Um, and so a group will come in and one of our, one of our bins is the active bin that we're sorting. So they go and they get bags. These are 13 gallon kitchen bags or maybe bigger trash bags. And they mm -hmm. dump the shoes out on a table. They're in a group of students, maybe four students to a table. They dump the bag out and they start sorting. They pair them up. They tie them if they have shoelaces. If they don't have mm -hmm. laces, they rubber band them. And then they have to inspect them and see if there are any problems, cuts, mm -hmm. uh, tears, stains, the soles coming off, just whatever the reason might be. And if so, they put it in the marginal box. If it's uh -huh. okay, it passes on. Now they have to decide what kind of a shoe it is. Man, men, women, boys, girls, toddlers. And once they decide that, it goes to the next table where we have areas set off for each of those groups. So it goes to the women's, the area says women. And we have people at that table who know a little bit about shoes. So if it's got fourth <laughs> graders, we have a parent there who will say, yeah, that's a sandal, women's sandal, it goes there. And then uh, when there's a huge mountain in the women's section, we have a cart that comes by and they pick up all those shoes and they take it over to our boxes. We have collection boxes. We have about 10 boxes for men, have about mm -hmm. 10 boxes for boys, 10 boxes for girls, and about 25 boxes for women because uh, that's the way life is. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, and, exactly. And so we have another parent there who closet. will help them put them in the right box. And when we have a mountain of, let's say, women's tennis shoes, then it's time to box them. And we have adults doing this, but they will count them, count them as they put them in a box. They'll seal them. So let's say you get 20 pair of tennis shoes and women's tennis shoes in a box. And on the outside, you write 20 and you put the name of your organization and you tape it up and it goes against the wall in a big stack of the same kind of shoe. So when you look against the wall, there's going to be two stacks of women's tennis shoes, about five boxes high and two rows out. So there's wow. going to be four columns of women's tennis shoes. And so that's going to be a couple hundred tennis shoes that are waiting to go out. And then, and the kids don't get to see this part usually, unless somebody comes, when um, Good News Ministries or some other group comes to get shoes, they'll, they'll have already called and placed an order online or, uh, or they can do it by phone. And that's what Carol does. Carol takes the orders and she writes them down and we fill them. So they'll come in and they'll pick up well, one group a couple of weeks ago picked up 1,500 pairs of shoes oh, and they goodness. all went out and they did a big giveaway up in uh, a nearby town, Lebanon, um, gave away shoes. And then we start filling the next order. Um, wow. So that's what we do. Yeah. What yeah. a process. I love it. I love it. Brad, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and be right back. And then uh, I have a couple more questions for you because I love this. So we'll be right back. Top Dog Learning Group, LLC, is a leadership, change management, and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants, throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, -face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one -on -one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5M ls6 and enter the code resil 50 off in all capitals to redeem your 50 percent off coupon the link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com and we are back with uh, Brad Jackson, and we are talking about changing footprints, but we're talking about my favorite subject, which is shoes, and uh, which, of course, I love. And if you knew me, you'd know that I, I, I definitely have a shoe closet. And there's so many times when, just like with my running shoes, you know, well, I'll buy a new pair and I'll have, I always have two pair that, you know, one that, it, you know, could get destroyed, one that's you know, just the, I'm done running in them, but you know, they're not that bad, but they're not that good. And it's those, I feel the sense of just wearing them until there's nothing left because, you know, I, I just don't know what to do with them. Sometimes if they're pretty nice, if nice enough shape, I'll put them out for, uh, you know, we don't have goodwill here where I am, but, uh, you know, different, um, things like a purple heart society and those types mm -hmm. of, uh, of, um, uh, charities that will pick up our stuff in Philadelphia. But, I've always thought there's somebody who would still love these shoes that are not the ones that I'm going to use right now, but you don't always know what could happen with them. You guys have an incredible organization um, to, 
to not only provide vital shoes, but I'm assuming like, you know, when you're talking about women's professional shoes, that there's also a need for it probably where people are, men and women are trying to go for a job interview and want to have some shoes. Absolutely. Not Uh, just the- For example, we have- we have people, men who are being, well, and women too, but men who are being released from prison who are going into yes. the construction industry, they need yeah. work boots. So yes. we just got an order the other day for 500 pair of work boots for men. And we had, I think, 50 on hand since then. We've gotten another 50. So they may have to wait a little bit or at least right. take these 100 and then we'll get them more when we get them. Um, a couple of the things that happened, though, is that with our tennis shoes, athletic shoes, when they come in and they're not in very good shape, we can't give them out. They have holes in them or, or right. the sole is messed up. What happens yep. to those is we take the laces out and save those. We take the insoles out and save those. The shoes then go into a box because Nike Corporation takes those shoes and grinds them up and makes oh. playground subsurface. Yes. And so then when we have athletic shoes that come in that have laces that are broken, or no laces because somebody liked their laces and they said, I'm going to put them in my new shoes or they yes. like their insoles because their toes fit it and they took their insoles out. We have insoles that we can put in and lace it. So we have on the wall, rainbow, a rainbow of lay, bundles of laces. And then over on the side, we have insoles that are in groups by size, men, women's, women, and then kids. And they're by size. So I can go and pull, like today, I, I needed two pair of 13, size men 13. So I pulled the big 13 bundle of soles out and went through and found ones that fit, that look good color-wise, that, you know, and they were in good shape. And so fit them in, and then the shoe can be used. So, you know, we try to, we, we try not to throw away anything, but, you know, we have to sometimes, but yeah. anyway, so. Right. That's a, and that's a beautiful way to look at it because you're right. There's some things that you're like, well, this is not going to be a shoe that's going to really help somebody. So uh, let's use the parts of the shoe that are still workable and help a lot more people. So you can, we can use them in many ways. And I was thinking about you talking to, you know, about with the kids about imagine why somebody might not have shoes. And I was even thinking about, you know, just a visualization with kids about, you know, imagine, think about how you got to school today you know, whether you walked Mm -hmm. here or you got on the bus or was it raining or was it snowing or was it hot or cold? Um, And think about if you had to make that same journey without shoes. Absolutely. What would that feel like on your feet? And would your toes be cold? And what if you had to run through mud puddles? And now they might like that. That can be fun. (laughs) But um, it's such a great um, exercise to get kids not only uh, aware of it, that, you know, I mean, we're very fortunate when we have food, clothing, Mm -hmm. shelter, Um, Mm -hmm. but to really recognize what that might feel like in, if you're not experiencing, you know, the joys of having something as simple as shoes that really aren't that simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We also have a shelf that we have four four pair of each size of men's sizes, uh, seven and a half to 16. Um, and on the bottom of the shoe, we've put duct tape with the men's size and the woman's size were it to be worn by a woman. And Very the good. resource officers from the Metropolitan Police Department of Indianapolis come and get those and they keep them in their cars. And when they run into a homeless person, um, they can just give them a pair and then come back and replace it when they're in our area again. And that's something kind of new that's been going on. One other thing that's exciting for me we ended up 
having trouble, we have trouble sometimes placing our dress shoes, men's and women's dress shoes. Um, and so what happened was a group um, had, they were a suburban group were done with their band, marching band shoes. And they gave us a hundred pair of black shoes. And we didn't, we weren't sure what to do with it. We're going to find people who need these black dress shoes of different sizes. Well, it just so happened that about that time, we heard from somebody we worked with out uh, a, a half hour east of, of Indianapolis in a rural school who had a friend at a different rural, rural school and they need, they had no money and they needed band shoes. Oh. So we boxed up the hundred pair and took them to that other school and they used them. And we got to thinking, you know, other schools are in that same sort of situation. Yes. So now we pull out all of the black dress shoes for men and women and the larger size for kids. Um, and the casual shoes that are in good shape, but they have to be all black because a lot of the swing choirs and orchestras and concert yeah. bands have their kids get black shoes. Well, you pay 60 bucks for a pair of shoes yes. you go wear, wear four times. So what we do is we provide them for free and many of the schools check them out to the students like they would a music stand. So Beautiful. they wear them for the concert, give them right back. And they may share it with somebody in the somebody in the band shares with somebody in the choir, somebody in the orchestra um, in one year's time, but they give them back. And then they let us know when they need additional pairs or replacement pairs. So it's oh just a God, really it's, fun thing that happened. Brilliant. And just by chance that a couple of teachers got together and and uh, yeah, gave us the idea. Brad, I think that your uh, your education background has really come in handy for this group. I'm going to say <laughs> you're bringing us 500 pairs of black shoes right now, ready to go. I need schools to contact me and say, hey, let's have them. So if you're a school in central Indiana, uh, I'm, I am contacting the schools, but I really need for their music departments to say, hey, we'll take some. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's a great thing because I was in choir and I remember, uh, you know, the girls at least could just buy black pumps, you know, so you yeah. could buy whatever and you could wear them whatever. But the guys had to buy, you know, the same kind of stupid black patent leather shoes that were yep. horrible and painful. And I yep. think people just kind of sold them to each other over the years because they're like, I'm done with them. Who wears a size whatever? So we get uh, shoes from prom, from after yeah. prom and we get shoes from, from prom companies who can't yes. run out a shoe anymore because it's got a blemish in the back. And also from weddings, because they're done with those shoes. And where do they go? I was just going to say from tuck shops. There you go. Yes. There's another donation. Yes. yes, there we go. Oh, my God. Brad, we could brainstorm this all day long. Let I know. Me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually uh, the interview never happened. But a couple of years ago, somebody contacted me because they were doing um, kind of a fundraiser thing. And then I don't know what happened, but the whole program fell through. But they were doing interviews with women. And they were talking about, you know, successful women and their shoes. And it was, and it, I was approached because this person who was trying to put it together knew that I love shoes. And I thought it was a really interesting concept because the whole idea was, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of shoes you have, but how do your shoes play and how you feel and how you operate and your level of success? They could be fancy. They could be simple. doesn't matter. Um, and it was a really great concept. And I was really hoping to see it to come to fruition. So there's a good fundraiser idea for you. All right. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, speaking of that, I know we're going to have all the contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody, now I have people who listen from all over the country and all over the world, actually. And so they might not be just in Indiana, but they might say, hey, this is really intriguing. And I want to know how I can help. So how do people support besides just, you know, do you guys take monetary donations as well? We, we do only because we have two places that pay rent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to the to the place where North Indy is, we don't we don't we're in a basement that can't be rented out. So we we are there. But a couple of our locations do. And so we do um, look for some financial contributions. Um, if people get on our website and they contact Bob Broughton or contact um, our treasurer or uh, one of the other officers, if they'd like to contribute, we can use the money. Um, uh, and that's what it goes for is rent. And our two most expensive items are rubber bands and and tape to tape up the boxes. Those are wow. two things that we, and, and we do hand sanitizer. We do cleaner. We do Clorox wipes to wipe down some of the shoes, but the big deal is tape. So, um, yeah. so we do need a little money for that. Um, but if you, if you've got some, uh, some drive to contribute to an organization. We'd love to hear from you. And um, people can contact us, www.changingfootprints.org. And they'll find our website and they'll find our contact information. And that will be lovely. I love it. Excellent. Well, Brad, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Just, we would love to see some other locations start their own organizations like ours. It's, it's not that hard to get started. And we would love to share information, pictures, diagrams, uh, testimonies of what we do, how we do things so that you're not reinventing the wheel. We had a group from Kansas that came through on a mission trip. They stopped, they did, they sorted shoes. And when they left, they said, Hmm, we might like to start this in the Kansas city area. So we would love to see this start in other places and we can give you any information you need to, to get your own version of changing footprints for your own community. I love that. And, you know, I can see the, the how-to manual by now, right now, and it has pictures of little footprints on it, of how to follow mm-hmm. in our footsteps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have all the paperwork for schools to have, to have shoe drives. We've got anything you need like that. We are happy to send it. So fantastic. This is how movements happen. And this is how change happens. Brad, thank you so much for sharing the mission and sharing your story and uh, letting us uh, learn a little bit about how changing footprints can has changed your communities and how it can change ours. Thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and Sales Mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.